Good morning, everybody. I want to welcome you to the Lighthouse of Faith and Worship. Those of you who are listening online, I just want to welcome you into our congregation this morning. And I pray that the message that you hear this morning is encouraging, uplifting, corrective, whatever it is that the Holy Spirit means for this message to be, I pray that you would receive it and that it would enrich your life and it would point you to Jesus. Welcome. With the heat. Um, I, I didn't go out and look because it's cold out out there. And if there's no gas out there, I can't do anything about it. But there should be gas because we're on a keep fill. But and the furnace is running, so um, I think um, I want to come against the spirit of the um, daylight saving time. Amen. Because I think it didn't. It didn't start when it was supposed to. So it's an hour behind trying to catch up. It didn't get the notice. Um, so that's probably why it's, it takes a long time to cool, to, to cool it up, to cool it down, and to heat it up. And there's no insulation in any of these, these walls here. So that's, I apologize. I'm sorry. You all look spectacular in your coats <laughs> for what I can see because I want to say that because I can't see. Right now, um, uh, uh, the enemy is attacking me and my vision through my disobedience. So that's just, when you're not obedient to what you know you're supposed to be doing, you open a door for the enemy. So I'm not, I realize that my vision is an issue probably because of my sugar right now. You all look like blurbs. But you still look great in your coats. <clears throat> um, so... I just um, I wanted to say that off the bat with the heat. Thank you for bringing that to our Shelly. Um, can't do anything about it right now. I'm sorry. I'll try to make it quick. Um, with that, uh, I spent. We had a, we had a wonderful vacation. I want to thank you for um, just being with us on that. I don't know how many were here last week. I just hope that you encouraged each other last week. Is an opportunity to do something different. And, and I believe God works in those opportunities if we take them. So um, sometimes it's nice to hear a different voice speaking into your life. And if you weren't here last week, you missed an opportunity to be the voice speaking into somebody or to be the one being spoken to and encouraged by. So I just want to encourage you that never miss those opportunities for that when, when um, your pastor is not able to get the pulpit filled. <laughs> I apologize for that, but I hope that the, for those of you that were here, I hope you were blessed by what was shared uh, that time that you had in worship. Um, we had a, a the most different vacation we've ever had. We did nothing. God gave us an absolutely beautiful place to stay, um, and 22, 22 floors up looking out over 180 degrees of the ocean. Just everywhere we looked, all we saw was ocean. And it was beautiful. And, and we had a wonderful time of, in fact, three of the days, we barely moved off the couch in the condo. We didn't watch TV, but we, we talked. We spent time together. We spent time resting and recharging. And, and um, that's really what we were after. Um, the one day that we decided to go out and do something, um, we paid for it. <laughs> that beach sand walking is not for the lighthearted. <laughs> My calves still hurt. <laughs> and we, we the, the day before we left, we got to go do an um, uh, airboat ride, which we'd never done before. So that was kind of cool. Um, but, so, but mostly it was just about relaxing. Even the ride down was relaxing. We didn't push, push, push like normally. We just drove... About 75, like everybody else. 80 sometimes when I wasn't paying attention. But, but we weren't, like, in a hurry. We stopped halfway down, slept, kind of. Never stay at the Ramada on the north side of Louisville. Never. Don't do it. <laughs> and then we drove the night rest of the way, and then we left on Friday morning, right? About 8.30, and, and we drove to just about Louisville, well, Louisville, and we stayed in another nice hotel. This one was really nice. I wish we would have stayed in it the first time. 
and got a great night's rest. And we, did, we weren't exhausted when we got home yesterday. My wife was able to drive for me because I noticed that as the trip was going on, I kept asking her, I was like missing stuff. She goes, did you didn't see that? And I'm like, no. And I, I couldn't see street signs and I couldn't, I, I just noticed down there when we were out of our element, how much I was not seeing. I probably have been having issues with it for a while, but because I'm so familiar with my surroundings, it wasn't a big deal. Let that be a lesson to you. Just, I mean, that, that, that's a sermon right there. Don't get so used to the surroundings that you're in or the things that are going on in your life that you miss what's going on in your life. Um, I, I probably have been dealing with it for weeks and, and just, you know, go to work, do my route, sort the mail. I did notice one point last week before, or a week before when we went on vacation, I was looking at my case. I was like, man, did they change the light in my case? I can't see the numbers, you know. Did nothing didn't clue me in that I was having an issue, so I drove all the way down there that way. Poor wife. So, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So like the people in the car with Grandpa, you know, they want to die in their sleep like Grandpa, so they don't see it or feel it. <laughs> Poor child. <sighs> um, one of the things that always happens when I get on these rides is um, I begin to. Uh, it brings back memories, and sometimes Shell and I will be talking, and I'll get quiet, and she'll say, what's wrong? And I'm like, nothing. I probably am thinking of my dad. That's one of the things we did, was we would go, I'd go to school, and Friday, you know, Friday at 5 o'clock, I'd get home, and he'd say, okay, we're going to Danville, Kentucky tonight, or we're going to Little Rock, Arkansas tonight. You know, I'm thinking, tonight? got a school all day and you worked all day what do you mean tonight we're going to a coon hunt oh okay now i'm all ready to go because i know i can sleep part of the way down but when i was in that truck with my dad and uh i missed a lot of opportunities to talk with him i i was trading opportunities to talk for just being there with him and uh as i was driving this week i was thinking of that a lot i was like uh I miss that. I miss just being in the truck. Even if he was smoking, I wouldn't care. I miss, I miss that smell, that cigarette smell of being in the cab for way too long. I know I've, I've, I've dinged my dad, you know, from the pulpit as, you know, the man who I learned what things not to do from. But what I did learn from my dad was that even though we didn't do things the same way, we wanted the same thing. And I'd forgotten that. You know, a lot of times we can, we can have that issue with people that we love in our families, in our church. We want the same thing, but we don't want to go about doing it the same way. And the idea is to get to the, get to the point, to get to the, the destination. So in that we have unity, but we have disunity about which way to go. Now, I never argued with my dad about roads. You know, because Dad, he, he used to drive truck, and he'd been all over the, the Midwestern to Eastern seaboard, and he was like he had a map in his head. My brother makes fun of me, Bill. Bill's not here, I don't see. I, I think he might get here, but because um, I'll be like, he's just moved here from Virginia, so he doesn't know his way around. He depends on GPS, and I'll be like, which way did you go? Well, I went here, and I go, oh, man, you could have saved some time if you... And now he's just like, let it go. Let it go. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> you know, and we were in the car going to dinner last night with his son, and he was talking about going to some restaurant that's 12 miles from our house. And he goes, oh, yeah, this is the way I go to the restaurant. I'm like, this is 30 miles from our house <laughs> to go to the restaurant that's 12 miles. And I was like, which way did you go? And Bill goes, just let it go. Just let it go. Because <laughs> now I'm my dad. You know, like, it's like, okay, I, I know how to get here. I know which direction, you know, I know I, I'm pretty familiar with it. So um, I'm pretty sure I can make the drive to where we were going in, in my sleep uh, without, and certainly without the GPS, but it's helpful to have something to look at. Amen. It's helpful to have something to help guide our trip, even if we know where the destination is, isn't it? I mean, really, that's what the, the Bible is for is it's, it's a GPS. It's a Help us get us, help to get us where it is God wants us to be, to end up. Amen. If, if it wasn't so important, 
God wouldn't have given it to us. Now, with that being said, I will not be reading from my Bible today because I had to blow the words up so big so I can see them. And now I'm still having trouble seeing them this morning. So uh, I hope you'll bear with me. But if you've got your Bibles this morning, go ahead and turn to Romans chapter 15. <clears throat> nope, doesn't help. Trying everything. Wait a minute. Nope, that doesn't help either. Okay, so, one of the uh, things that, that um, we've talked about a lot here and, um, is, is unity. Unity, having the same goal, uh, doing the same things together to, to uh, achieve that same goal. So, um, if you're at Romans 15, 5 and 6, i got to... It says, may the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among, your, among ourselves as you follow Christ Jesus so that with one heart and mouth you may glorify God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We can't sacrifice the unity of the body of Christ without sacrificing everything that we stand for as believers. If we're not striving for unity, if we're sacrificing anything on the way toward unity, we're, we're chipping away at our own foundation. We believe in the saving power of Christ. We believe that we are inhabited by the same Spirit. We all serve the same Father. We are all born again into the same family. Amen. Anybody got a problem with that? Do I need to read it again? Was I too fast? I try to stay fast so I don't lose my spot. I'll say it again. We believe in the saving power of Christ. We believe we are inhabited by the same Spirit. We all serve the same Father, and we are born again into the same family. Amen? amen. So you guys should have all been screaming amen. Amen? That's unity. Okay? But we, those are things we can't, we can't disagree with. As believers, there's no disagreement there. However, if that's the foundation of our faith, and we begin to build on that, and we begin to say, I, I say, I lay a brick and I say, I believe that we need to go out and we need to reach the lost for Jesus Christ. And somebody else says, yeah, that's not really my thing. And they pull that brick off the foundation and already we're laying another brick in its place and we never replace that brick or we never deal with that brick that we've removed. Our building is going to fall. It's going to crumble. Amen. So we have to be on the same page all the way through. We need unity from foundation to ridge vent. Okay, ridge vent, that's the thing on the top where the shingles come up and the air moves in. And we don't have one of those either. <clears throat> um, each of us needs to possess certain characteristics so that we can build up the body. Remember the bricks, right? We need to possess. Just because you may not have that gift for evangelism doesn't mean you can't be the one who supports evangelism. Or maybe you don't want to, you you, you, you're more of an introvert, so you don't feel comfortable speaking to somebody because you're an introvert, okay? But that doesn't mean that we pull your brick off the pile or out of the wall because it doesn't, you know, lend itself to the, the, the mission or the goal or unity. It does. It just doesn't have to look like the way I think it needs to look. So if you're introverted, we're, we'll find a way for you to, to evangelize, to talk to somebody. We'll, we'll figure something out. Yeah, it's not going to help. Uh, pulled my brick out. Um, we each have to possess certain characteristics uh, so that we can build up the body here. Again, Romans 15, 5 and 6. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement, so he gives you endurance and encouragement, okay? He tells you you can keep going, and he keeps telling you you can keep going. It looks like it's a long race, but you keep running. He, God is encouraging you to continue in your race. Amen? And may He give you a spirit of unity among ourselves as you follow Christ Jesus. If we're not following Christ Jesus, if you are not following Christ Jesus, if coming to church is just a regular weekly thing, but you're not following Christ Jesus, 
there's no unity. We don't have unity. There's disunity, okay? You do not have unity with the body, okay? I just want to make that clear. I'm not beating anybody up. I'm just saying it's not unity, and we're talking about unity this morning. Um, so we, we want him to give a spirit of unity among us as you follow Christ Jesus so that with one heart, that's unity, one heart, with one heart and one mouth. Okay? So, okay, how does that work? Worship is, you can have unity in worship. You may not all sing loudly. We may not all sing great. We may not all sing with the same intensity. But we can sing. Some of us sing really quiet like this and it's okay. But you're, there's still unity in that. Amen? Right? Some of us... When we sing, it's like a loud noise. It's a joyful noise. It's a noise. There's still unity in that. So that's why I want to always want to encourage people when it comes to worship, it doesn't matter what you sound like or what you think you sound like or what you're worried that you sound like. I sing up there. Maybe that may, you should come up there with me. Nobody can hear me. That's okay. There's unity. There's unity even with me up there, you know, choking a duck sometimes it sounds like. But... There's still unity because we're all worshiping the Lord. So we're asking that God would give us one heart and one mouth that we may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because ultimately that's what our lives are supposed to do, amen? Glorify Him. Lift Him up. Exalt Him. Even though this other stuff's all going on. Even though there's, you know, you're in the darkest part of what's been your life so far or, or you're, you're, you're depressed or you're dealing with health issues or a cold church or, you know, hey, we're a cold church, but we're an on-fire church. I, thank you for that one amen. I didn't have to ask. Thank you. Um, in John chapter 17, Jesus prayed to the Father expressing one major request. So in John 17, 11 and John um, 17, 20, and 23, it says that in our understanding that the church is the body of Christ, it is certainly necessary for us to fulfill the will of Christ in regard to that body. Jesus desires for us to come together. Amen? Jesus never got upset when people came together in his name. Amen? Oh, we got a, Jesus says, oh, we got, we've got all these people here. How are we going to feed them? He didn't say, get off my lawn. I was here. I just wanted to come and be with my father. I just came here and I wanted to, I wanted to spend some time alone with my few disciples here. I wanted to talk about the things of God. Get off my lawn. He said, how are we going to feed him? And God provided. God did a miracle. Because Jesus did not have disunity with the group that was there seeking to hear from him. Jesus didn't have, there were Pharisees around too, right? So he didn't have a, a political division that kept him from getting his message out. He didn't care what their political affiliation was. He didn't care that they lived down by the docks. He didn't care that they lived on the wrong side of the tracks, if there, were, there weren't tracks back then. But he didn't care any about, about any of those things because the importance was unity in Christ. Unity in the message that he was giving. That's what Jesus desires. Unity. Unity with him. Knowing that what he wants to offer and what we need so desperately that we realize it's the same thing. And we come into an agreement on that. It doesn't mean that we don't have disagreements. This. When you come into church, I don't care what you, who you voted for. I don't care what your political affiliation is. I don't care if you aborted children or didn't abort. I don't care about those things. I want to talk to you about Jesus. Right. Amen? Right. It's got to be Jesus. And that's where our unity, unity has to fall. And if our unity never gets there, we're, it's time to close the doors. It's time to close the doors. Unity is the essence of Christianity. We serve a triune God. 
it's kind of in the mission statement. Unity. The unity that we have as believers is visible. It's a oneness. 2 Corinthians 5.19 says, God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against him. Guess what? God knows we have things that separate us from him. Well, what could God do? God said, I need to make a way that you can get from there to where I am. Unity. Unity in the name of Jesus Christ. In the blood-bought salvation of Jesus Christ. Unity. And he has committed us to the message of reconciliation. Think about that. People say, oh, I get hurt in a church and I, I had to leave. Uh, wrong. Yes, I, you got hurt in a church. You don't have to leave. Reconciliation. Reconciliation begins in the church. Amen? And it goes out from there. Reconciliation is evangelism. Evangelism for those that have fallen away from the congregation. Evangelism from those that have walked away from God. Evangelism, that is absolutely the, the, the ministry of reconciliation. To bring about unity. Satan's strategy throughout the ages has been to destroy the unity in Christ's body. In any way he can. Be careful what you say in church about the person over there or about the person here or about the person that sits there or about the person that doesn't sit there today or about anybody that doesn't meet your standard. Because guess what? I want you to know something. If they're a born-again believer, they meet God's standard. Don't you dare raise your hand or your voice to God's people, to God's person. Amen. Don't try to tear down the ministry that God is starting or doing in somebody else or through somebody else because you don't like the person or the way they're doing it. That's disunity, and you're already not a part of it. So you need to either need to choose to be a part of that or find something else to be a part of. But it doesn't mean going out those doors and leaving. It just means that there's an opportunity for you to minister somewhere else in another way. Amen. Figured you'd get it. No matter how ornate a church may be, ornate a church may be, how, <laughs> however perfect its worship and its music, however liberal its giving, this is a liberally giving church. For a small church, it's a very giving church. God has allowed us, He's brought together people with the same mindset to come into agreement and unity that we're going to reach the edges of the world. Amen? Let's not forget the center where you're at. Okay? Because I think we have disunity there. Because we look outside and we see the people we live with every day and, and we think, oh, I've been chipping at that rock for 20 years. Or I've... I've Gone past that, and that person, they just go to church and they leave, and they go to this church and they leave, or they go to this church and they leave. That's disunity. And we're the one being, we're the one making the assumption they don't want to be part of unity. So we don't go talk to them, or we don't press in, or we don't go put our arm around them. That's disunity. And that's, that's the work of Satan. When he convinces you that you don't need to talk to that person, we think, oh, we missed an opportunity to minister. Lord, forgive me. That's, okay, I'm in agreement with you there. But the thing we need to realize is, why did we miss it? Was it fear? Who put the fear there? And then why did we respond to the fear knowing that we are more than an overcomer? That there's no weapon that's fashioned against us that's going to prosper? Even though the enemy says that person's heart is cold, we need to push through that. We need to press through that. I've got physical ailments. I can't. Well, I can't. I can't. I can't. I, next time you want to say I can't, just say I won't and be, be honest about it. I won't, I won't do it. Because there's disunity there, but we make excuses why we can't when it's really why we won't. Satan uses those as well. 
all those things are being lost as the first essential part of being a Christian and having fellowship if it's lost harmony. See, unity is harmony. When you sing and you got four-part harmony, if you got five-part harmony, there's a problem. There's no such thing. That's usually me up in the balcony singing. But there's unity in the singing. There's unity in the purpose. I don't, I don't encourage anybody to go read the purpose, uh, purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. Don't. Don't read it. But the idea of purpose is true. We have a purpose as believers. But the purpose isn't what we want. It's what does God want? Are we going to come alongside and, and inject everything we have into that in unity with God and you watch how God works? When we are in unity with God's plan, we can't fail. Can't fail. Christ who unites us is greater by far than the differences, differences that may divide us. Sorry, I keep getting caught in mouth. When unity is destroyed, the message that the world needs to hear will be buried beneath the rubble of the broken hearts and the bitter spirits of the church. You get that? Okay. When unity is destroyed, the message that the world needs to hear will be buried between the rubble of broken hearts and bitter spirits. Listen to this. The only message that the world hears then is help. And that is not the message the world needs to hear from the church. The world, the church needs to hear help from the world. But if we'll never venture close enough to the rubble, to the pile, to the hurt, to the anguish, if we will never insert ourselves into the situation, they're just hearing us scream for help. I watched something a couple weeks ago and they were talking about how the church in Louisville was doing something. I was watching news before I got on the road last week. And this church in Louisville was, was trying to accomplish something, and um, they spent thousands of dollars to... I don't even know what they were doing, honestly. I kept listening for what they were doing. But it came down to, well, we're doing this so that we can bring more money in for the church. And I, I thought... That is not unity with God. We're, if, we, if we would have said, we're doing all this to show love. I never heard him say, show God's love. Or, you know, and I, I realize that the news, you know, they might cut that out. But when, when they ask, why are you doing this? Shouldn't the answer be, we want to reach out to people and let them see God's love at work. The minute you say we need to bring funds into the church, you, you make it about something other than God. I would much rather, and I'm not telling anybody to do this, I would much, much rather burn that box right there. Burn it. And let you guys figure out a different way to make your offerings. Than say, you got to fill that box. There's two numbers back there on that wall. Those numbers, okay, there's two sets of numbers for two sets of weeks. But those numbers are not there to cause people to want to give more because there wasn't enough last week. Or Those numbers are just to say, these are how many people came together in unity this week. How many people came together in unity last week? How many people? I can't read it. Six. There were six people together in unity last week. That means how many people were in disunity? I'll leave that to you because I'm not judging. But I'm telling you, you missed out on unity. <clears throat> Help from a, asking, having a church that is under a pile of rubble, of bitter, heart, uh, uh, bitter spirits and broken hearts, is no way to draw people to Christ. Jesus drew people to him. He was modest, he was meek, he was humble. But he was powerful. And he didn't draw people in by saying God is weak. By saying that, that, that God does not have the power to transform you and change your life. 
And when we have disunity and bitterness and brokenheartedness in the church because of the church, we are sending the exact opposite message that they need to hear. And we are living the exact opposite lives that God wants from us. God wants to give us life to the abundance. There is no abundance. There is no life in disunity. There can be an abundance of disunity, but there's no life in it. Okay? So we need to build each other up. On Jesus Christ, the rock I stand. All other ground is sinking. You guys are getting better. It's like you guys know what I want to hear. Romans 14.9 says, Let us... I feel like a music conductor. Let us... No, it's not. We, we had a great one in high school. He was awesome, Mr. V. I don't know if you're listening. You were awesome. <clears throat> um, let us, therefore, make every effort to do what leads to peace and mutual edification. That's Romans 14:19. Ephesians 4:3 says, "Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace." How often do we try to break the bonds with those people that we're serving with? And they don't really serve the way I do. They don't worship the way I do. They don't talk the way I do. They don't do this. They don't do that. Guess who just broke the bond? The guy talking. Let us Do everything to keep the unity through the bond of peace. See, because when I'm breaking that bond, I'm breaking the peace that we should have together. This would be a place where we should, you should come in on Sunday excited to be encouraged. Right? Everybody agree with that? Mm-hmm. Say it out loud so they can hear. Okay, now, okay. Right? Should you be excited to come in and Encourage somebody else? Yes. Now, are we? You don't have to answer out loud. But see, that's the game I like to play. The hook is out. The bait is out. You grabbed it. You're running downstream with it. And I say, hey, but what about you? Right? Yes. Yes. I want to encourage you. Yes. To strengthen the bond of peace through unity. Number two, and the reason, the reason why is, uh, sorry, I didn't finish that. Unity is the essence of Christianity. We have a dynamic example in, Christ, in Scripture, and it's the Jerusalem church. The unity of the Jerusalem church was profound. And you think, that doesn't really make sense. But think about it, it was. In Acts chapter 2, verse 46, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. When you go down there, you have two requirements. Eat with glad and sincere hearts. Okay? Eat with glad and sincere hearts. There was great joy because of their common faith. Hey, your family's different than mine, Elizabeth. But one thing we have common is faith, our faith in Jesus Christ, okay? You do things in your life that I don't do. I do things in my life that you would never do. But what do we have in common? Faith. Let's focus on that. That's how you build community, okay? And as we grow, God breaks off the things in our lives that need to be broken off. If you're dealing with an addiction, ask God. It might take a while. God will break it off of you. He'll deliver it from you because he's faithful. He's full of faith. And we have what in common? Faith. Faith. And he's full of faith. So if we have faith in common and he's full of faith, we have unity. God will break it off. And he will use community to encourage that in our lives. That's all of us coming together. Every corner, every street, every alley of our community, he brings together to make those changes happen in our lives. That's dynamic. 
It doesn't mean there were no problems. Okay? You know what that Tracy said, right? Yeah, I know what Tracy said. He was probably just trying to be funny. But, in Acts chapter 6, there were certain widows that were being neglected. Anybody here, in here ever feel like they're neglected? Say it, it's okay. Yeah, okay. Here's what we know. If you're feeling neglected, what you're supposed to do, you're supposed to come up to me, start complaining and yelling and screaming and getting hysterical, and I'm going to find six people to form a board, a committee, to meet your need. You don't know? Well, read Acts chapter 6, that's how they did it. Here's the, here's the thing. I have a mission, okay, as, as, the, as a leader in this church. I have a mission. And if I'm doing, putting out this fire, putting out this fire, dealing with this, dealing with, dealing with all these things of disunity, what I'm not doing is I'm not, it's, it's time that's taken away from my time in the Word, my prayer time, all right? So what we're supposed to be in unity about is, what did I say earlier? If you come to church to be encouraged, that's great. But if you come to church and you refuse to encourage, you're missing an opportunity. You're, dis, you're in disunity. So in order for, to make this whole thing work, it takes this whole thing to make this thing work. All right? Um, the results of unity. Acts chapter 2 reports the unity of the people. And the end of the chapter mentions praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Do you think people want to come to church when the people in the church look like they just ate a certain sandwich? No. <laughs> run away. Run far. Run fast. Get away from here. The joy of the Lord may be on their face, but what's in their stomach? Put up the billboard. Encourage people. Come in ready to encourage. What's going to be on your billboard? Are you coming in with a blank billboard like you're like, hey, uh, can you throw some art on my canvas? Just throw some paint. I'll leave happy. I got some color, whatever. Hey, don't look at me. I think you're scowling at me. <laughs> I'm not an artist, okay? <laughs> um, but when, when, when we have unity... God does cool, really cool stuff. And, and there's no, how did that happen? You know, I like to say, I was kid Nate about, you know, there's no recipes in the Bible. Like God doesn't, have, it's not a cookbook, right? But it's like God says, hey, here's all this stuff. Here's all these weird people. We're all weird, okay? Our kind of, we're full of weird people. But you know what? Every church is full of weird people. When you look at the sum, you know, we all have weird um, Traits, weird things that we do, weird, weird, weird ways that we say it. Um, we, we all have differences. And God brings all those differences together to make something beautiful. And, and what's really cool is when God, God comes in and, and, and you've already got this awesome pot of stew that he used all of us to make. And God sends somebody in, and we're like, cool. And God's like, I need that in my stew. I need that. When, when that person gets involved, and, the, and there's unity between you and that person and me, and, and we stir it all up, it's still good. It's still filling. It's still everything we need, but it does so much more. It's going to touch so much. Anybody got like a, a palate that you can taste things that, like you can pick out, like, if I make a 12-flavor soup, you can pick out all 12 flavors. Anybody got palates like that? I could get like 11. I got a pretty good palate. What's that? And I made it. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't taste them. Should I leave it out? No, I shouldn't leave it out. You know why? Because if I leave it out, there might be one among us that's going to appreciate that. And that ingredient is going to be a change in their life. So we don't leave it out because not everybody has 
what we want. Don't leave, you know, that, remember the old story, uh, I think it was a story, Stone Soup, you remember that when you were a kid? Everybody, we, look, every Sunday morning, there's going to be times where we come in and there's nothing in the pot. Sue comes in and she drops in, blunk this. And Brenda drops in, blunk this. And Marsha drops in, blunk this. And, and Roger and Kathy, they come in with a big, huge bag of blunk. And next thing you know, it's like God begins to do something that nobody expected because everybody was putting in. Everybody was engaged and unified in the mission. In Acts 4, it reports that the believers were of one heart and mind. In verse 33, with great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and much grace was upon them all. Excuse me. Following the restoration of, of the unity in Acts chapter 6, there was disunity because of the, the, the widows, the, the Grecian widows, who weren't being taken care of. They didn't feel like they were being, nobody was listening. The, gre, the greasy wheel was not getting the oil. So they were just going to keep squeaking louder and louder and louder. And eventually, somebody's going to hear something. So unity had been restored. And in verse 7, it says, So the word of God spread. When unity is restored, the word of God spreads. The word of God moves. When unity is restored, you go from saying, eh, Pastor didn't have much to say today. He was just beating us up again. When, when unity is restored, people will say, yeah, you know, I went in, and I, at first I thought Pastor was going to beat us up again, but what he said really makes sense in that I can apply it this way or I can share it with somebody else. Look, the message I preach on Sunday morning may not be for a single person here. What are you going to do with it, though? Are you going to toss it in the garbage on your way out the door? Or are you going to take it with you? And maybe what you hear today is something that somebody in your life, not in mine, needs to hear tomorrow. And you're going to take the unity that we have here and take it out there. And then God's going to grow numbers. Because I may not be an evangelist, but you know what you might be? You might be a storyteller. You might be the one who can engage with somebody in a way that I can't. You might be somebody who will take the words that I say that you think are disengaging sometimes. And you might be able to turn what God has given me to share with you into something that that person is uniquely qualified to take with them. And it becomes the seed that God uses to change their lives. Don't take the hour that you spend here for granted, even if you don't like what you're hearing. I am preparing you through God, not me. I am preparing you through the things that God shares with me to go out and do something with it. As a unified group. As a unit. As a, as a platoon. As a and we're not a company. We're barely a platoon. But we could be so much more yeah. if that's what God desires. And I'm going to tell you something. That God does desire that. Amen. God would desire, wait, here we go. Somebody's coming. I don't recognize him. I just saw him walk by. Might be my brother. <laughs> I did tell him there was food today. <laughs> so... Um, so listen to what it says. It says the number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly. Right? Excited. Why? Because of unity. The number of disciples increased. But here's the second part of that. And a large number of priests. You know what I read when I read that? A large number of religious people. A large number of people that have an idea of what, religious, what it is to be religious is, but what it is to not be in a relationship with. They were changed too. Because of what was on you got on them. <clears throat> Never underestimate that. God, through the work of the Holy Spirit, even changes the hearts of religious people. Me. I'm one of them people. I'm one of them people that, uh, even though I went to church only on Easter and Christmas, I felt like I... I remember when I sat down with your mom and dad the first time and they were asking me questions about the Bible. Like they, were, they weren't like asking me, like, you know, what are your intentions with my daughter? They were like, what do you know about the Bible? Do you know about this? And, and I was like, oh, I know this and this and this and this. And they're like, wow, he really knows a lot. Yeah, I'm religious. I went to a, a parochial school when I first moved here from Pennsylvania. I got religion on me because that's what they were throwing off. 
They weren't thrown off relationship. They were thrown off religion. You hang around it enough, you get it. And what, what, what does hanging around religion long enough do? It makes you not want relationship. Or it really makes you want relationship. So that can be a good thing. Unity is the essence of Christianity, and we have a dynamic example of how unity brings us blessings. You want to see the model of what this church needs to look like? Read about that church in Acts. The, the church in Jerusalem in the early parts of, up till, I think it's Acts 7 is where it kind of goes out from there. But, but look at how that church was dealing with everything around them in their community, and, and then the community coming into the church. And sometimes maybe the community wanted to change the church, and sometimes the church needed to be changed for the community's sake. And they, they got some people and they made a group whose sole mission, whose sole committee obligation was to meet this need in the church. What needs does our church have? I'm going to ask everyone, give everybody an opportunity. If this were like a board meeting, which by the way is Tuesday night, 6.30, we need a new secretary. Okay. We'll be, will we nominate then? We can nominate then. If you're not on the board and you desire to be a part of this board, desire to be a part of steering, helping to steer this church and helping to quell the, the screaming Grecian women in our church, here's your opportunity. Um, be there Tuesday night, 6.30. The blessings that come from a church that is reaching out from a point and a place of unity are manifold. Those are the kinds of things that change the community around them. I'm trying to get through this quickly, sorry. How do we realize unity? Uh, we realize unity, we have to realize that unity is possible. And in Psalm 133.1, it says this, it says, and now my vision's getting worse. How good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. First Corinthians 1.10 says, I appeal to you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another so that there may be no divisions among you, and that you may be perfectly united in mind and thought. You know what happens when you're perfectly united in mind and thought? You don't spew a bunch of garbage. All right? Guilty. Have been guilty. We'll probably still be guilty at some point. But I desire unity with Christ, unity with the body. And when that happens, the other stuff doesn't. The other stuff doesn't glorify God. But unity glorifies God. But not for the sake of unity. Okay? Having unity for the sake of unity. We're going to do this. Everybody says, okay, we're going to do this. And then nobody participates. That's not unity. That's unity for the sake of unity. Nobody wants to get involved. Nobody wants to be the one to get their hands dirty. Nobody wants to be the one leading the committee, taking care of the tables, taking care of the Grecian women. Nobody wants to do that. Okay? B, real, uh, realize that unity in a local church is not automatic. Creating and maintaining unity makes, takes effort. Every believer has to Write this in your Bible if you're, like, by, by Romans, what was our scripture there? Romans 15, 5 and 6, sorry. Write it right next to that. And write, um, do your part. Do your part. Make every effort. See that human factors do not creep in to create misunderstandings. Do you know how you can help to not create misunderstandings? We have a, we have a, a church community uh, thing where we jump back and forth and we share stuff, right? Okay? Prayer requests, that's great. If you have a concern with somebody, that's not a good place to do that. Okay? Speak to the person. Speak face to face. If you need someone to be there to be a, a third party, after you've tried to speak face-to-face, -face, then come and see me. Don't do it the other way around. Don't bring me in when you haven't tried to deal with it face-to-face. -face. 
you can have less of a face-to-face if you, you two, say you got an issue, right? Do you have an issue? You don't have an issue, right? No issue? Okay, good. See, when I put you under you know, the microscope like that, then you got to say, no, no pressure. But if, if you two have something going on, if you speak to each other and you relay to her exactly what it is that's on your heart and you relay to her exactly what it is that's on your heart, there's no misunderstanding there. At least there shouldn't be. It might take, if you're talking to me, you might have to hear me say it three times before you understand what I'm saying. But let there be no misunderstanding. Don't leave when there's a misunderstanding because in a place that, that may not be a unity issue, you can create this unity when there's a misunderstanding. You know, if, if you and I have an idea to do something and I think it's this and you think it's this and neither one of us talk about this, we have a misunderstanding. I thought you were going to do this. No, you said you'd do this. Don't make a misunderstanding. Misunderstandings cause disunity. <clears throat> and Satan delights in using small, trivial things to cause disunity. He loves it. Ever been in a car riding with your wife to Utah? No, we didn't have any disagreements because I couldn't see anything, so. But, um, but he would have loved to have used something to pick at one of us and cause disunity on our trip down there that, was, that I believe God ordained for us to be able to rest and relax and recharge. I really think I need three more weeks of that, but um, I'm grateful for that week. And I'm grateful that, that we didn't allow things in to disrupt what God was doing for us. Um, it, it was pretty cool. I'm going to stop there because I feel like I'm going to go on for another half hour. I thought that I wouldn't, but we got to see something. God got to, God showed us some stuff while we were down there. We, we don't normally go to church when we go on vacation, but right across the, like, when you go up the elevators and come out, it was open. The backside of the building was open, so you could see for miles. And uh, we looked and we're, we're like, maybe we should go to church while we're down here. You know, I told everybody, you don't come to church, we should go to church. And, and so I was like, yeah. And so we started looking. And uh, I saw a Calvary Chapel church, which I was like, right away, I was like, I want to go to that one. Because I know how they preach, I know how they teach. I want to go to that one. And so I go online and I look to try to find out where they meet and everything like that. And they, meet in a, they met in a hotel, in a room in the bottom of a hotel, and they just did that every week. But it, the reviews said they, they don't return calls. And I'm like, I, I can't call this guy if they don't return calls, you know. So I was like, let's go somewhere else. And we look and, we, you know, of course, you see the Google pictures first, right? And it's all, Nate, they had smoke. Really? <laughs> and they had uh, lasers. And they were Southern Baptist things. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking at their webpage, and I'm like, hmm. I go, what do you think, Shell? She goes, looks like a megachurch. I said, yeah, that's what I think, too. Let's look. Let's keep looking. And, and we looked, and, and there was an Assemblies of God church. I was like, yeah, we could probably go do that. We might run into some people we could worship with. And, but um, we decided, I think, like at the last minute, well, let's just Let's just go try that. We're just, it's one time. What can it hurt? And we walk in, and uh, right away, this, this older fellow comes walking right up. Hand out. How you doing, brother? Yeah, he's running across this. Their lobby is as big as our church. Yeah. 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 Their lobby is like three or four of our church. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Hey, you brother. And I shake his hand. He goes, let me go get the pastor for you. And I was like, Okay. So we're standing there talking, and everybody's, would you like a coffee? Would you like some water? I mean, they, I think they would have, you know, uh, car, you know they, I think somebody's coming with a car key soon. You know, it was just like they were very engaged. 
And but what, what's cool was they didn't all come at once. This guy came with his hand out. And he met us. I want to go give you the pastor. And he left us. And as he's walking around, he goes, Hey, this is Tracy and Shelly. They're from Michigan. And next thing you know, here comes this other person. Would you like some water? And he goes and gets the pastor and comes back. And, and, and then he left. He didn't feel like he needed to be the guy to stand there. You know, pastor was there. He goes, uh, Pastor Tracy? And I, I, the guy, he's introduced him. Pastor Trey? This is Pastor Tracy. He's my vocational too. And it starts, I got a bivocational pastor, and I'm like, sitting there and listening to him, and I'm like, wow, God, this is really cool, you know? How tired must this guy be sometimes? And then uh, we go into the service, and, and then they, they go verse by verse through the Bible. I know some of you don't really like that when I do that, but it's okay. It's okay. I sat down, and he goes, turn to John chapter 3, and I'm like, ooh, yes! <laughs> And I'm telling you, if Shelly found mine, tell me. Tell them all. He preached my sermon that I preached on John chapter 3, where I went back to uh, Exodus chapter 11, talking about lifting up the snake. He did it, and I was like, this guy's got my notes. <laughs> but I was like, so excited. Like, it made me very excited. Sometimes i got to sit in church. There's going to be times when we're going to walk in here, and I may not. I may be here, but I may not be here. Someone's going to have to step up. Someone's going to have to be the encourager that week. Someone's going to have to be the one who sings a song that week. Someone, someone who's not normally that one. We've done services before where we've had people come in, you know, bring your life verse in, and, and this is and that's all I tell you. And we turned into an hour and a half sermon, service, not sermon, but a service. Of people speaking into people, people's lives. I want, I want to do more of that. I'm nobody, guys. I, I'm, I'm really nobody. But I am trying to tell everybody about somebody. I know it's that song, You Saved My Soul. But I'm nobody. I fall flat on my face a lot. And I think I, I, get, I get tired and I'll get worn out. When I sat in that pew, I sat in the front row too. I wasn't afraid. I was like, I'm sitting in the front row. I sat down, watched the worship service, and I watched a guy. It was so cool. He walked up. He didn't say nothing. He walked up, sat down with the grand, white grand piano, and just started playing. Beautiful. He never sang a word. He didn't do nothing. He just played the music. And they had a drummer who, the drummer was too loud. I'm going to tell you, I might be old man now. The drummer was too loud. He kept wanting to do these fills, and it was like, you're stepping on the vocals. But that's right. They, you know what they did? They did, like I do sometimes. They did, stop that. Turn it down. No, they just, they had the same thing going on. They had unity in their worship. Even though there was some disunity, in the sound, there was unity in the worship. They did four songs. They did four songs I've never heard before. And all four of those songs, every one of them, about God. I and me wasn't mentioned in the song. It was God. It was lifting up God about how his glories are so amazing. How his, his grace is so awesome. How his love is so deep. And I'm like, From the moment I stepped through the door, when I went into the sanctuary, there was unity. When I sat down for worship, there was unity. When the pastor started preaching, there was unity. And he had a small, short altar call at the end. I'm like, that's unity. You know, he didn't know who's visiting. It's a church in a tourist spot. And he goes, no, we're sorry. Most of our people are out on spring break. And I look around, there's 200 people in there. I'm like, but they, they didn't have... They didn't have a need that wasn't being met. They had people. If you need prayer, you know, go over here. We'll have some people that will pray with you afterwards. Um, I'm going to have an altar call, but I'm not waiting long, he said. And I like that. And I was like, hey, but everywhere I looked, there was unity. We, came, we went back Wednesday for Bible study. and we, They're like, so what do you want to do? We have a women's group. We have an addict's group. We have children's church. We have um, pastor teaches. And, and he's really, it's really popular 
you know, the pastor going, we have a men's group, and Shelly went to the ladies. She's like, I think I'm going to the ladies group. And I'm like, I don't go to the ladies group. I want to kind of go with my wife. She goes, what are you going to do? I guess I'm going to go to the pastor's group. And I sat there for this Bible study, and I'm like, sitting on my hands. I'm like, ooh, 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 you just sit there. I was so bad in hunting, I was like, shared it. I was like, jumping, jumping around in my seat, you know. And, and nobody said a word. That pastor taught verse by verse. We started in, uh, what were we in? We were in Philippians. He did two verses in 45 minutes. I'm like, you guys should be so lucky. No. But I saw unity. And it encouraged me. But it wasn't unity just for the sake of having unity, just for the sake of having church. It was unity and like, they're all in. They're all in for the same reason, for the same motive, for the same goal. All, everybody with a hand on the rope. Everybody's pulling in the same direction. So if you are a part of this group, if you are a part of our church, if you are a believer, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, and you come to this church, there is room on the rope for you. Don't feel like you got to wait for somebody to come up and say, hey, will you do this? Because if that happens, what happens? What happens if, if, the, if there's a need to be met and nobody comes and says something? What do I do? I volunteer somebody. I make I make unity. <laughs> but um, I just want to encourage everybody. Don't feel like you gotta sit on the sidelines. Don't feel like you gotta wait for somebody to ask you. If you see something, say something. No, if you see something, do something. Okay? Do something. Find a way to get involved. See, see it. You see a, a, an opportunity for 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 uh, an outreach. Let's do it. Pastor Mark used to do that. He said, "If God's in it, it won't fail. But if it's just your idea, it might fail. But let's give it an opportunity. Let's see how God works. Let's see what God does. Um, let's not miss an opportunity to unify. I have unity. We have unity in here, but." Unification allows us to reach out and help pull in. You want to say something? I thought you did it. No. I saw you in your Bible. I know you got something. No, I don't. I really don't. Okay. I just I just had something highlighted and I wanted to see what it was. I lost her. No, I wasn't lost. I wasn't lost. You were talking about unity. That's all I've been talking about for 45 minutes. It's pretty good. Yeah. All right, guys. I just want to say I love you. Thank you for um, allowing us to come back. And thanks for giving us that time. And um, thank you for praying for Stephanie Starr and, and for Sheila. Thank you. Um, you know, what, what is going on in our lives isn't a big deal for a lot of you. What's going on in Bethany's life isn't a big deal for a lot of us because we're not directly in it, but when we all come together in unity, we bring a big God into it. Amen. 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 Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you. We're going to be a good community down there, by the way. Sorry, Lord. <clears throat> Father God, I thank you for bringing everybody here today. Thank you for every person that's here today, Lord. They came here for a purpose, Lord. And Father, I pray, Lord, that they leave with a purpose, Lord. Father, I pray that you would open up our mouths to speak, that you would open up our hands to do, that you would open our feet up from being crossed and relaxed, Lord. Open our feet up to go and to reach, Lord. Father, I pray that we would have more and more unity here so that we can show more and more unity out there, Lord. Father, we want to glorify you. We want to lift your name. We want to teach people about who you are, not strengthen bad ideas about who you are, Lord. We want to show them you. We want to show them your glory, Lord. We want to show them your love, Lord. So, Father, we want to do that in unity. So we thank you for that opportunity to come in and be recharged and, and repurposed, Lord, and, and Father, that we wouldn't repulse, but we would draw people in. Thank you for unity, Lord. We thank you that we have unity first and foremost. 
with you through your Son, Jesus Christ. And we thank you for that. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we're going to go down. We're going to have communion and we'll have some food. Um, Shell and I are going to try to skip out as quick as we can because Shell's mom came home from the hospital. So we haven't seen her in a while. We want to go and, and see her. So um, we're going to have an opportunity to go and unify. So we'll be unified. Um, let's go join Neil at the fellowship and, and uh, yeah, that's up.